Tuesday, just baseball show salute emoji, uh, legitimate salute on YouTube. Jack and Peter recording on Labor Day because we grind like nobody's business. Um, We're giving you an update on the awards. MVP Cy Young Rookie of the Year. But first, Peter, Mm -hmm. I'm a sucker for this corn kid, man. Like he's taking the world by storm. Like the, the song too, the corn, like a big lump with knobs, right? Is that what he said? But I, this kid is just taken over and he's tugging at my heartstrings every time I see this video. I totally agree, at least initially. And then the remix came out. And then on social media, it's on every single video at this point. And that's what happens on the internet. You get something good and then people just run with it and everybody has to do their own version of it. And then it just dilutes the product. Kind of like us talking about baseball. Now there's too many people talking about baseball. But where do you come to? The Just Baseball Show. So right? I was actually thinking we talk about baseball too much. We should start getting into our political leanings. We, we we tend to do this at least once a week where we make a joke that we should be talking politics. And we never actually do because it's scary. You know, and I don't want there was this guy that I just ran into the other night. Um, I saw him on TV and I was just like captivated by what he was saying. Have you ever you ever watched Tucker Carlson at all? <laughs> Let's talk about AL Cy Young, <laughs> okay. uh, National League Rookie of the Year, and more corn kid. Going back to the corn conversation for a second. Yeah, initially great. Now, great. I couldn't be more sick of it if I'm being no, honest. No, dude. Did you see the collab he did with Chipotle? <sighs> now brands are getting into it. It was awesome. He was like I going bet. through the line. He was going through the line, and he got a bowl, and he was saying no to everything. And then when they get to corn, it shows him, and he's like smiling. It was great. You know why I'm not maybe not as into it as some others? At least I was initially, but not anymore. I'm not a corn guy. Like, I'm not the biggest fan of corn. Corn on the cob. It's eh. so versatile. It's so I know, versatile. and most people like it. Like, I'm another guy who doesn't like eggs. 99% of the country loves eggs. I don't like eggs. They, I like corn, but I'm never asking for it. Eggs are a I don't massive like sour cream either. Okay. Eggs are a massive cholesterol booster, so I understand. But we can talk about the American League Cy Young if you want. Again, we're going to give you an update on the AL and NL um, MVP Cy Young and Rookie of the Year races. Did some written content. Ryan Finkelstein did a great job at JustBaseball.com. He put out just like the lines, just the updated odds, where these guys stack up, and and we can get into the weeds with them a little bit. Um, There are some that it feels like there are runaway favorites, right? National League Cy Young, National League MVP, but there are other really tight races. How about the Cy Young, the MVP in the American League? Um, and then rookie of the year wise, I mean, take a gander at the AL. What's going on here? Because J-Rod, like he was the runaway. And then all of a sudden, Natalie Rutschman has entered the conversation. There are two Braves fighting neck and neck for National League rookie of the year, although I will side with one of them. Um, so this is really intriguing. Do we want to start with MVP or do we want to start with rookie of the year and climb up the ladder? 
Let's start with the rookie of the year and then climb up the ladder. Okay, that works for me. Um, We shall start in the American League. As of, let's see, September 2nd, so this was Saturday, Julio Rodriguez was still minus 550 to win the American League Rookie of the Year with Adley Rutschman at plus 450 and then Jeremy Pena at plus 6,600. So it was Pena, Bobby Witt, Stephen Kwan, and George Kirby at 6,600 and Jose Miranda at 10,000. All these odds coming from Vegas Insider. Adley Rutschman should not be... Uh, as much of a dark horse, quote-unquote, as he is. Or maybe on the flip side, Julio Rodriguez should not be as runaway of a favorite as he should be. I understand that J-Rod has played about 30 more games, but what Adley Rutschman has done for the Baltimore Orioles and just individually since coming up, um, you can't understate the impact that he's had on that team. Yeah, it's funny, though, when you look at Adley, I mean, in terms of defense, Adley has been phenomenal. He's an excellent framer. He's got a cannon of an arm. And you can tell, I think a lot of um, people, including ourselves, thought these pitchers, you know, Austin Voth, Dean Kramer, uh, Spencer Watkins, and we can continue down the line, that they would start to fall off. But I think Adley's, just the way he commands back there, I think is giving them a little bit of an extra boost. But Adley offensively, Jack, he's got a 796 OPS. He's got nine home runs. He's got a slugging 436. He walks a lot. He hits the ball hard. He's having a good offensive season. But I think if you if you go over an Adley Rutschman narrative, you would think that he has a 900 OPS and that he's got 15 home runs. When he doesn't, he's been good offensively. He takes his walks. He, almost his at-bats are better than his production by the numbers, if that makes sense. Like when you watch Adley, his swing is so good. His at-bats are so mature that you'd think the counting numbers would be more than they are. Then you look at Julio Rodriguez, and the numbers at this point are just so gouty. So I understand why Julio is the big favorite. And I do think Julio is going to run away with it while at the same time, Adley looks like a better all around player. Is that fair? Uh, I don't know. Not fair. Like here's the thing. Adley is so good defensively that I think the war numbers are pumped up a little bit as it stands right now. J rod through 117 games has a 4.0 F war. Adley Rutschman through 85 games has a 3.7 F4. So that's three tenths of a win that Adley has to make up in 32 games to be the equivalent. Now, granted, Adley just accrues a shit ton of war from being one of the best defensive catchers in baseball. J-Rod is a serviceable center fielder. I'd say good average to slightly above average center fielder, Julio Rodriguez. I would say a little bit better than that. I would say he's an above average center fielder. An above I mean, he average ranks really field. high in, in like outs above average. He's pretty high. Yeah. But I would say moving forward. Yeah. I would say he's an above average center fielder, which is oh. crazy. Six, five, two thirty with speed. I mean, that just goes to show how talented he is. Julio Rodriguez, six, five, two thirty fallacy. No shot. He's six, five, two thirty. Julio Rodriguez. I think he's six, three. I think he's 6'3". He's 6'3", 228. Yeah, 6'3", 228. Um, Fallacy is... Oh, sorry. 
I was two inches off. Foul. Yeah, but six three and you, six five. You act like I was days. calling him six nine three hundred. That's what a foul is. Kind of made bad. him sound like Aaron Judge. Um, He's a little shorter. No, but I, I mean, I'm with you, man. Like thirty two more games, but J Rod, like the twenty three homers, the twenty four stolen bases, and the sixty seven RBIs. Those counting numbers matter in rookie of the year voting. Um, it's Julio. He's going to win it. Um, but Adley Rutschman is been a really really good player 14 percent walk rate 17 percent k rate compared to julio with the seven percent walk rate 27 percent k rate and you look at the wrc plus adley is five points back of j-rod j-rod's got a 134 wrc plus adley at 129 so i don't think you can go wrong with either of these guys but solely because julio's gonna play 30 more games than adley rutschman this year julio's gonna win rookie of the year and i think that matters too yeah, it does. Also, there are five players this year with at least 20 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Do you know them? Um, Julio. Yep. Bobby Witt. Yep. Um, weird list. Yeah, I'm sure it is a weird list. Because it's not the J-Ram. It's not the Mookies yet. No, it's no, not no. the Trey Turners yet. It's not Trey Turner? No, Trey Turner, I think, has 19 home runs. Okay. He's got the stolen bases. Um, so th- there's a lot of guys close, but official 2020 guys. Judge is at tw- or 15 bags. Is that right? Not 20 bags? Very underrated part of Judge's game. Yes, yeah, he's, he's at 15 stolen bases. Um, I don't know. Who are the other three? Adolis Garcia. Oh, uh, is Semyon one of them? Marcus Semyon is Dude one of them. He had the shittiest start ever, and he's a 2020 guy. He's he's actually he's turned his season around a little bit. And then Kyle Tucker just got his 20th stolen base. Kyle Tucker. Okay. Kyle Tucker, that's another guy who's flown under the radar so far this year. He hasn't been as good as I think a lot of people were expecting him to be, but he's still a 2020 guy. He's still a 2020 guy. And I just, you know, in some circles, people think Kyle Tucker is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I, I posted that on Twitter. I said, who's the most underrated player? bunch of people put Kyle Tucker. It's like, at what point is Kyle Tucker not underrated when everyone in the world thinks he's underrated? If everyone in the world thinks you're underrated, then you're not underrated. You could be properly rated. He's a really, really good baseball player. I'm not saying he's not. But when we use the term underrated, like, you know who's underrated? Nate Lowe with the uh, Rangers. Nathaniel, right? He doesn't Nathaniel go by Nate. Lowe he goes by Nathaniel. With, exactly. Adam Ottavino. You know, those guys are underrated right now. Nobody's talking about them. Nobody's talking about Nathaniel and him hitting 305 with 20-plus jacks. No one's talking about Adam Ottavino and his two ERA when he's being overshadowed by Edwin Diaz. Plenty of people are talking about Kyle Tucker. Everybody knows Kyle Tucker. I don't really think people understand how underrated Jose Siri is. He's he's now overrated just because of you alone. He's hitting 280 in Tampa. He's hitting 280 in Tampa. Like it or not. Also? You know who's also pretty underrated in Tampa? Yanni Diaz rakes. Rakes. He totally rakes. Uh, Yu Chang didn't suck with Tampa. That was craziness. Um, is Jose Siri hitting 280 with Tampa? Yeah, he's hitting 280 with Tampa. I'll tell you what he slashed. That is sick. Because if he hits 280 with Tampa, he's on a World Series, or not a World Series, he's on a Hall of Fame track. Correct. Jose Siri um, in 29 games with Tampa, slashing 273, 326, 420. So that's a 747 OPS. Nine extra base hits, eight driven in, five for six stolen bases. You'd probably take him over over Buxton at this point. I think so. He stays on the field longer. 
I mean, even if uh, Buxton isn't hurt, the Twins play him once every two, three days anyway. And he DHs that day. <laughs> yeah, he just doesn't um, play. All right, let, let's move to NL Rookie of the Year here because it's a two-horse race with guys on the same team. Spencer yeah. Strider is the odds-on favorite at minus 175. Michael Harris at plus 125. And then you got to look deep down. Brendan Donovan and Christopher Morrell at plus 10,000. Michael Harris, so far this year in 88 games, 15 homers, 16 stolen bases. So that's a guy with a good month of September can join the 2020 club. 59 runs scored, 50 runs driven in, slashing 309, 352, 538 with a 145 WRC plus. And he leads all rookie hitters in F4 at 4.2. Now let's talk Strider. Strider has an identical F4 at 4.2. 114.2 innings. Strider is punching out 13 and a half guys per nine. It's incredible what he's doing. Uh, overall ER weight, overall ERA wise, he's got a 267 ERA, a 183 FIP, and he's coming off of the Braves rookie record for strikeouts in a game. Punched out 16. What Strider has done to separate himself from not only every rookie pitcher in baseball, but make the argument that he has been a top 10 pitcher in baseball, regardless of age this year should win Strider this award. I think Strider has been a top five pitcher. That's how good he's been top five. I really think so. When we're looking at X ERA Jack, and you know, I like X ERA. I know you love your lowercase X. Yes. I like my lowercase X. It's based a lot on launch angle, exit velocities. I think it's almost a better way. I think it's a better way of evaluating a pitcher than the ERA. I do. I'm looking at this list. There's a lot of relievers. And then there's Spencer Strider. And then there's Shane McClanahan. I just couldn't disagree more with you that XERA is a better way of evaluating pitchers than ERA. I can't believe you just said that. Uh, maybe it's not better, but it's the what it's what I look at, especially when um, I'm trying to figure out if a pitcher is maybe due for regression or not due for regression. Like there, there are plenty of pitchers who have an ERA, let's say at three, um, and then an X ERA at four. Like that's a, that's a very good way of figuring out how well will the pitcher do down the line. Maybe is looking at the X ERA versus just looking at the ERA. You could make the argument which one is better, which one is worse. But that's how I like to do it. So, and what this says by XERA, that Spencer Strider has been unlucky at a two six seven slightly, which um, I think is incredible. Let's talk. Let's talk FIP real quick because FIP is more easily digestible for me than okay. what you just said. Strider's rocking with a one eight three FIP. That is three hundredths better than Emmanuel Classe. So Strider, with a minimum of 10 innings pitched this year, ranks 11th in all of baseball in FIP. Edwin Diaz is one. Uh, Jacob deGrom in his 36 innings is three. Reynaldo Lopez in 53 innings is fifth in FIP right now. But then for a guy over 50 innings, you got to go to Strider. And then it's Class A, and then it's Ryan Helsley. The next guy with over 100 innings thrown is Kevin Gosman with a 213 FIP. So Strider is about 35 points better, 30 points better 
than Kevin Gosman among pitchers with more than 100 innings thrown. What he has done in terms of just like strikeout accumulation and bully ball fastball is unbelievable. And if you haven't sat down and watched one of his recent starts, he's had this feel for his fastball over his last couple of outings. He's had like this rhythm with his fastball where he puts it wherever the hell he wants. Like you will see whether it be Darno or Contreras behind the plate set up outside. Like they want upper outside corner. He dots upper outside corner. He doesn't miss spots right now over his last five or six outings. He does not miss spots. His fastball slider combination looks so similar to Jacob DeGrom. It's scary. I mean, it's, it's like a mile an hour slower. I mean, it's that good. And I think his slider has just as much movement. The problem with DeGrom's, well, not the problem, the problem for hitters is that it's so fast and he throws it from the exact same slot that it's impossible to pick up. So you have a hundred with rising action or you have a 92 mile an hour splitter. So it's basically, you're facing Edwin Diaz for seven, eight innings. With Strider, it's 99 to 100, and the slider is around 89, but it looks like the slider from Strider has a bit more movement to it than DeGrom's. I think the only reason that there is is because DeGrom gets so much extension, but Strider gets a ton of extension too. But DeGrom is just bigger, so his stride is longer, so he has less time to the plate, but it's still both are incredible. But I have a question for you. Why do you like FIP? Just curious. Over expected ERA? Yes. I like FIP because it takes the defense out of the equation a little bit more. So does XERA. XERA yeah. is the quality of contact. It's basically, I mean, just the definition of XERA is a one-to-one translation for, from XWOBA. And XWOBA is the quality of contact plus your strikeouts plus your walks. XERA is the quality of contact that you allow plus your strikeouts and your walks. That's what FIP is, except I think it's a better version. That's why especially I've been just going all the way because XFIP, it normalizes home run rate. And I don't want to normalize home run rate. You give up the home runs that you allow. That's why I don't love XFIP as much, but I like XERA. XFIP and XERA are not the same thing. No. That's why, and it's StatCast. I love the StatCast stuff over. Um, I understand. I just like, I don't know. I've got a, I've got a problem, you know, basing my. You're an old man. Thought, uh, yeah. <laughs> I've got a problem with the lowercase X. I understand. I I've got a problem with the lowercase X and FIP accounts for things that actually happen in the scheme of a baseball game. Um, so does XERA. I mean, XERA, I XERA does. You want to allow soft contact and you want to put balls on the ground. That's what XERA loves. Plus, you're striking out and you're not walking, guys. That's the goal of a pitcher. You want to allow soft contact. You don't want to allow the ball in the air much because hard contact and allowing the ball in the air leads to extra base hits. You don't want that. Yeah. That's basically what it quantifies. I'm down. That's what I want. Okay. That's what I want. I, I understand. Um, just to give you some notes on Strider slider before we move on, uh, opponents hitting 138 against it with a 39% chase rate. Um, expected average. I'll go to the lowercase x here. Expected okay. average on Strider slider, 096. Just hold up this. That's all it is. For all the people on YouTube, we're just holding up the zero. It's and they just don't hit it. And then he throws in this taste breaker changeup just to fuck with you. Yeah, 5% of the time. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's nasty. I, I hope he throws that like – he could throw a 10%, 12% next year, maybe even 15 I mean, he could really use that changeup. I think it's really good. I think DeGrom could use it more too. They just don't because they don't need to. But I think they should, especially to lefties. 
try to just oh you go slider i mean you could you'd be on head strider's thrown 99 change-ups he's gotten 47 whiffs on it he's become my favorite pitcher to watch not named jacob DeGrom. he really is interesting I love watching him. I'm obsessed with him now. I remember we had this conversation, would you rather have Schreider or Harris moving forward? And I said, Harris, the only reason why I said he was safer, the more I watch Schreider, the more I think to myself, this is this is an ace. Like, I, I almost feel like I know it now rather than I was a little bit unsure. But the more I watch him, the more I just think to myself, man, there are only a few pitchers I really want more than him right now. Yeah, only a few. Well, all right. Uh, AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young. AL Cy Young. Again, odds brought to you by Vegas Insider. Uh, Justin Verlander is still the leader at minus 155 with Dylan Cease checking in at second at plus 110. Then a massive drop off here. Shane McClanahan at plus 2,500. Shohei at plus 4,000. Framber Valdez at plus 8,000. I love that he's getting his flowers. Uh, and Alec Manoa at plus 8,000. This is a two horse race now with McClanahan struggling over five starts and then getting hurt. Um, Verlander being on the IL might allow Dylan Cease to control his own destiny, but I don't think it does. I think Cease needs to be near perfect. Like I think he needed that no hitter to, to jump Verlander here. Um, I still lean Verlander, although we'll see what this final month says. Cease. I want to let's, let's load up the, uh, the rankings of strikeouts in baseball, because I think Cease has a very strong shot of leading all of Major League Baseball in strikeouts when so it's all done. Here's where these guys stack up. Verlander's got a 184 ERA that leads baseball. Dylan Cease is second in baseball at 213. In terms of strikeouts, Verlander is outside the top 10, while Cease at 197 is fourth behind Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, and Corbin Burns. Um, in terms of innings pitched, both are outside the top 10 batting average against Dylan Cease and Shane McClanahan split the league lead at 185. Uh, Verlander is fourth at 190 at whip Verlander is first tied with McClanahan at 086 and Cease is outside the top 10. The walks hurt Dylan Cease. The walks don't hurt Justin Verlander. Um, and I think the only reason you see Verlander with a one eight four and Cease with a two one three is because of those brutal outings where he would walk six guys. Yeah, Cease can do it though. Depends when Verlander comes back. If Verlander comes back in a couple of starts, like if he only misses one or two more, might still be Verlander. But if Cease is that close in ERA and he finishes with more strikeouts. Problem with is the win loss record. I'm sure Verlander is is going to be. Verlander's a bit won above 16 there. games. Yeah, and that doesn't actually matter for pitching, but it does matter, of course, to Cy Young voters for whatever reason. Yes. I think Cease is a very good shot, and I kind of think Cease is going to win it. I do because I, I his schedule moving forward isn't that hard, or at least the White Sox isn't that hard. It depends where he's going to match up, whether he's going to be on the road or at home, but he's been awesome on the road this year. He's been awesome at home this year. I think he's, and he's only looking better. I feel like as the season progresses too, the command is just getting better. He's been unreal lately coming off that almost no hitter. Yeah. I think if he has an unbelievable September, which there's no reason why he couldn't. Totally could. And in like he could catapult chase. Exactly. Like, what if the White Sox end up winning this division? 
and it's on the back of a bunch of shutout like performances. Not that he has to not allow an earned run, but that would help. <laughs> that would certainly help, and I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, Zach Allen hasn't allowed a run since August second. Yeah, forty-one and a third, eighth longest of all time. Yeah. Or Horshies is at fifty-nine. Watch out. Nah, yeah. I don't know if he's going to get I there. But I don't know about that. Gallon, yeah, at Chase Field. I'm not sure about that. That's why we're um, sleeping on the Diamondbacks. We should have put them in the top ten in the power rankings. Man, do you think anybody not named Verlander or Cease gets a first place vote? Like, do you think McClanahan gets a first place vote? Not with the injury. I don't know if McClanahan's going to be right before the season. I mean, there's a non-zero chance. <laughs> we'll see. Uh, he can come off. I think in about five days. <laughs> Um, and it sounds like he got a cortisone he? shot. He might be coming off in about five days. Okay. If he's back, but are they going to baby him? I'd baby him if I were I'd the baby the shit out of him. Yeah. Exactly. Are you kidding? The White Sox can't afford to baby Cease. They're not going. Astros to. can certainly afford to baby yeah, Verlander. Um, I saw something from Codify. I couldn't believe this. And I'm actually going to check this right now. Um, he said that the Houston Astros have only started seven different guys in a game this year. Makes sense. Is it going to be eight different starters? Is it going to be eight now with Hunter Brown? One, or is now two, seven? three, four, five, six, seven. It'll be eight with Hunter Brown. Make eight with Hunter Brown. As we're recording. But let's compare that to, who do we want to compare that to? Yankees. Of course. The supposed second-best team in the American League. Yankee or like Yankees have started 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 guys. Eight is not a lot at it's all. It's not a lot at all. They've had and, so and much. And Rizzi is now on the Braves. That was one of their starters there for a little while. Yeah, have you noticed they, they've moved Christian Javier back to the bullpen a little bit? Swingman duties? Five, they've had yeah. some, some spot starts. So, Urquidy has started 25 games. Framber Valdez has started 25 games. Luis Garcia, 24. Verlander, 24. Javier has 20 starts, five appearances out of the pen. Odorizzi has 12 starts under his belt. McCullers has four. And now it's going to be Hunter Brown for one. Mm -hmm. That's crazy, dude. I mean, like, they have been blessed with health pitching-wise. Give me your prediction for Hunter Brown because he, you know, he pitches here in a little while. Um, we're recording again on Monday. Yeah, he doesn't go long. Like I, I'd say, pitches into the fourth, maybe three and a third, three and two thirds, two runs. He has some pretty good minor league numbers. He's got great minor league numbers, but he is not the electrifying guy. He is the yeah. really good pitcher guy. So like he is. Um, I don't, I don't want to compare him to Liberatore or Pepio because I think he's better than Liberatore and Pepio. Um, but really? that's, yeah, I do. That's um, a pretty good pitcher. I'm down on Liberatore, though. I'm Pepio, if he just knew where the ball was going. He is so nasty. He just walks the world. I was just watching him yesterday against the Padres on Sunday Night Baseball. Changeup is out of this Change world. Fastball's zooming in and moving with crazy but it's it's just he has no idea where it's going you watch will smith set up it's he's just chucking and hopefully it's just so nasty that if it's in the strike zone it's tough to square up but he just doesn't look that ready yet and liberator i agree with you he he's never really impressed me he always felt like a poor man's montgomery in a way yeah he just gets hammered 
Oh, that's another way to put it. I mean, he like he just gets hit hard. He'll leave shit over the zone and he gets blasted into oblivion. Kind of like Dakota Hudson, except Dakota Hudson just figures it out sometimes. He figures it out sometimes. Um, Talk about XERA to Dakota Hudson, a stat that cannot figure out Dakota Hudson. I understand. Um, No, but Hunter Brown, like, I think he is a good pitchability arm. um, And I think he's got, like, good enough stuff. But you're not going to watch him and be like, wow, that's gross. Pitching ninjas, Mm -hmm. shout me out. Um, So I I think he goes, I'll say four innings. Because he's been an innings eater in Sugarland. I'll say he goes four innings. I'm excited um, to watch him. Yeah, we'll report we'll back. Um, all right, National League Cy Young Award. This is is it caked? Is that right? No, it's not caked. That's the thing. Caked means locked. finished. It's, it, is it, it locked? means finished? Caked means finished. Oh, no, you're right. Is it's it caked? caked? Yeah, it's caked. Sandy at minus four hundred. Julio Arias at plus 900, Max Fried at plus 11, and then you get to Tony Gonsolin at plus 2,000, Corbin Burns at plus 4,000, along with Max Scherzer, Carlos Rodon, who just hit the 200 strikeout marker at plus 5,000, and Edwin fucking Diaz at plus 5,000 as well. Um, Yeah, it's Sandy. It's caked. Sandy. I think this is about as caked as the AL Rookie of the Year. So Like, Julio should win it. But but this other Julio is breathing down Sandy's neck. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Julio Arias has been so good lately. You you laid it out, Jack. Yeah. One of the most underrated up. pitching seasons in baseball right now is Julio Arias. You pull it up again. Yeah. Let me you know who's up. been dreadful before you pulled that up? Corbin Burns since the all-star break. He's got a five ERA, one of the worst in baseball. Out of fucking nowhere. I mean, we knew he hasn't been pitching that well, but when you quantify and you look at a five ERA from Corbin Burns getting blown up by the Pirates of all people, that's not been good. He works so slowly. He's kind of hard to watch. He works. I like his K strut. I like his K strut around the mound. Yeah, it is a good one. But like this dude between pitches is so hard to watch. I'm like, oh my god, get on the rubber, please. He does take a little while. He does. A lot of Which I don't enjoy. But he makes up for it by throwing five pitches, all that move in different directions. And it's and they're all 110 miles an hour. Yeah. So he makes up for it. He does. Yes. Um, here's here's what I put out. Uh, nowhere close to enough love for what Julio Arias has done since the all-star break. Eight starts, 49 innings. He's seven and one with a one one oh ERA, a point eight whip. Opponents are slashing 158, 216, 257. He's allowed a line drive 13.5% of the time, and he's working at a 48% fly ball rate. Um, he's not a ground ball pitcher. Like that's not what he is. He is a four-seam high spin fastball, and he's got this nasty breaking ball that spins more than anybody else's curveball in baseball pretty much um what he does best is limit soft contact and i think it's like 47 punch outs in 49 innings he's not a strikeout accumulator so i don't think he's ever really going to get the love for cy young you know consideration that he probably should um but this is a guy that is is inducing as soft a contact as you will find in baseball what's the most important thing that a pitcher can do allow soft contact strike out guys not walk guys win games win games too 
He won 20 games last year. He's won 15 this year. He's seven and one since the all-star break. Okay. Let's get real simple. Winning games. Julio Ruiz has more wins than Sandy. Correct. How about strikeout percentage, right? The thing is why Sandy is so, so valuable and why he should win the Young. I'm not saying that he shouldn't. Why Sandy will win the Young is he's got 190 innings. He's a fucking horse. Yes. Julio Ruiz has a better ERA. He has a better XERA. He has a higher strikeout percentage. He has a lower walk percentage. He's in the 97th percentile on hard hit rate. You know what Sandy is? 36th percentile. Julio Arias, on a per inning basis, has been a better pitcher than Sandy Alcantara has. Should Sandy Alcantara still win the Cy Young because he's a workhorse and he has to do more for the Marlins and his win yes. probability added is so enormous because yes. he's the only pitcher. I, he's He's been the MVP of he's it. thrown four like complete games. Piece. Exactly. So when you're Julio Arias, and that's, no, that's why it's just fun to break down. Because when you're Julio Arias and you have horses in the back of your pen who you don't need to go nine innings, you're her inning stats aren't going to look as good because Julio Arias, give me the best six that you can. Give me the best five that you can. Sandy, we have Anthony Bender behind you. We have the ghost of Anthony Bass behind you, who is yes, now on yes. the Blue Jays. Yes. We need, even if your eighth and ninth inning are 70% of your best, it's still better than anybody in our pet. So that's just the fun conversation. So I look at Sandy and I say to myself, if he was only limited to 145 innings, he would have better rate stats than Julio Arias would. I think he would, or at least close. But the reason why is because he's relied on so heavily and he's been so good. So the the Cy Young should go to Sandy. I just think it's cool to see and to give Julio Arias that shine of actually how dominant he's been this year. He's been incredible. Um I, I think Sandy's game is also more conducive to being stretched out. Like he's the type of guy, much like Verlander was in 2011, like in the early 2010s with Detroit. Um, Verlander was the guy that got better as the game went on, obviously. But, you know, you would assess Justin Verlander through the scope of the game, through the scope of the season, where Julio Arias, you can say that was a nasty inning. That was a nasty pitch sequence. With Sandy, it's, how has the changeup fared today? You've thrown 20 changeups. Like the changeup has gone really well for you. Mm-hmm. That's how you look at Sandy, right? You look at Sandy like, okay, he just threw 120 pitches again. Urias was like, damn, he just handed Vessi the ball in the seventh. He went six shutout. Great. So yeah. I think what Sandy does is more valuable. Um, but I, we got to we got to credit Julio Arias for what he's done, man. And Julio opponents are hitting 196 against him. Opponents are hitting 209 against Sandy. Uh, and in terms of whip, Julio at a 0.95 whip, Sandy at one flat. So better whip, better batting average against. Um, but I can't make an argument for Julio Arias when Sandy has thrown 190 and two thirds innings, and Arias this year has thrown 145 innings. Exactly. 45 more innings. I mean, it's incredible. And Sandy, I think Arm has said this before. Sandy's not a strikeout guy. No, he's not. He's not his game. He has a 54.1% ground ball rate. It's incredible. He puts the ball on the ground. He allows some hard contact, but that's what I'm saying. If we take out some of Sandy's eighth and ninth inning, 
and he was on the Dodgers and they just used him exactly how the Dodgers do. I don't know if the Marlins know how to use him effectively. Not saying that, you know, throwing him every fifth day is not using him effectively, but I'm sure that the Dodgers could tool with his pitch mix. That's why it's just everyone's in different situations. So just looking at what we have on the surface doesn't do them enough justice because on the surface, Julio Rios has had a better season, yeah. but Sandy is still more valuable. And I would give him the Cy Young, but I'm saying it's close, close. on the surface, meaning you don't look at innings pitched. Yeah. So everything, but innings pitched Julio has been better. That's, that's so hard to say <laughs> what, I mean, what is yeah, in terms of like the numbers? Yes. Higher ear, lower ERA, lower whip. No, lower that's all I'm doing. Ear. That's what, yeah. like what I meant. The surface. Yeah. That's, like the most simplest, he has a higher striker rate, he has a lower walk rate, he has a lower whip, he has more wins, and he's a lower ERA. That's the surface. I'm not I'm not saying anything incorrect. Even the XERA, he's lower. Dude. Julio, Hard hit rates. Julio has hit five guys. How many guys has Sandy hit with a pitch? <laughs> it's actually such a good point. Uh, Julio has hit five batters. Sandy has hit seven batters. Hardware. Julio. Sign me up. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Oh. But I would give it to Sandy. But yeah. I'd like it to be noted that Julio has been fucking awesome. Yes. And, and I do want to note that if Sandy Alcantara was on the Dodgers this year, he might be the first 30-game winner since Denny McClain. Seriously. He I totally win 30 agree. Games. I agree. <laughs> Fuck. All right. Imagine going uh, with Sandy to Trinan. It's over. I would love that. Sandy for nine and then Trinan for the 10th when they're tied at Lone Depot Park. Trinan's now back with LA. He is so, so disgusting. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable watching him. It's unbelievable. I do not know how anyone puts the bat on a ball from Blake Trinan. I don't get it. That's how I feel about um, Edwin Diaz. And like nobody does, but that's how I feel when watching Edwin Diaz. I'm like, how can anybody try? At this point, there are four, uh, more there are three, but I want to throw Batista and Helsley in there, but really it's three. It's It's Trinan. Class A and Diaz are the three relief pitchers who I don't understand how they are hit. I'll, I don't I'll put Felix it. Bautista in there. The thing is, oh, the other one, Duran, Yoan Duran. I don't understand Yoan how Duran. anybody touches Yoan Duran. Actually, that's a great point. Is there anybody else? How, I mean, I don't understand how anyone touches DeGrom. Yeah. I don't get it. When you have, I don't get it. It's 101 at your neck. Who else? This is a good might be the guys. There was a point this season where I had no idea how anyone would hit McClanahan. Not anymore, but there was a point there for a little while where I thought it was just that's ninety-eight breaking so much, and then he's got hammers. It's impossible. Yeah, but but McClanahan, like it was, you know, it was it was the fastball. It was just just sit fastball and get beaten by the curveball and the slider and the changeup, like all of which were so gross. But even if you were sitting fastball, it's moving so much. I didn't. It's tailing away from you into lefties. Impossible. Honestly, I don't fucking get it with Sandy. Like he throws a hundred mile an hour sinkers. How does he not strike out a billion dudes a start? I'm glad you brought up um, Yohan Duran with Twins because Bobby Wood Jr., he was on a Ben Verlander's podcast. Oh. Yeah. Great That's stuff right. over there at Flipping yeah. Bats. Yeah, great stuff over there at Flipping Bats. Um, Bobby Witt said that Yohan Duran was his hardest at bat this year. Yeah, how could he not be? I thought that was interesting because Emmanuel Classe is in his division. Dude, I mean, here's the thing. 
Class A, you gear up for 101 mile an hour cutters, like flamethrowers, but it's a cutter and a slider. Duran is 103 and an 100 mile an hour splitter. Like, incredible. Yeah. Splitters are, <laughs> splitters are impossible. Now imagine it comes at you at 100 miles an hour. Imagine like- doing this with your with your hand and it coming 100 miles an hour out of it. I feel like that's what you think Casey Mize does, but he doesn't actually do it. No, I think <laughs> Casey Mize does it 88 miles an hour. And I know he does it. I think Casey Mize can still be a star. I I I am more on your side than I am on arm side, even though I understand arm side. Yeah. Um, all right. I want to start with NL MVP and then get to AL MVP because the NL MVP is uh, all but wrapped up. Paul Goldschmidt might win the Triple Crown. He is minus 1,400 to win the award right now. Nolan Arenado at plus 2,500. Freddie Freeman at plus 3,000. Trey Turner at plus 4,000. Mookie, Lindor, Austin Riley at plus 5,000. Pete Alonso at plus 8,000, along with Manny Machado. Um, Paul Goldschmidt is a freakazoid. Goldie, this year, is clear by nine points in the batting title. Um, Goldie hitting 331, Freddie Freeman hitting 322. Terms of home runs, you've got Kyle Schwarber with 36 in the National League, Austin Riley with 35, Goldschmidt with 34. In RBIs, he is one clear of Pete Alonso. Goldschmidt has 107, Alonso has 106. After that, Trey Turner with 90. So there is a, a world where if Schwarber and Riley stop hitting nukes and Goldie continues to hit the occasional nuke, he wins the Triple Crown for the first time since the 1930s in the National League. Joe Medwick. Joe Medwick, 1937 Cardinals, maybe 36. I think it was 37. It was one of those. Could have even been 32, but I think I think it was I think it was 36 to 37. Um, he might do it. He might. It's two way. He might do it. He might fucking do it. Paul 19, Goldschmidt, nineteen thirty-seven. Joe Medwick. He might do it. Yeah. What? This is. But is this not the most slept-on Triple Crown season ever? Like, I feel like the ever. national media is just not picking up Goldie. You know why? First, it's not as crazy. Like, 34 home runs is not insane. For example, Aaron Judge has 54. He just hit his 54th today. He has 20 more home runs than Paul Goldschmidt is. And Paul Goldschmidt could lead the National League. I think that's why maybe, for example, like when we're looking at a slash line, I mean, Judge is slugging, I think, 680 to 617 for Goldschmidt. I'm not trying to take anything away from Goldschmidt. I just think that could be why that the numbers, it's not as if Goldschmidt is hitting 330 with 50 home runs and 120 RBIs, similar to Aaron Judge. He has 34 home runs. But I think if he goes on a, on a tirade, we'll see the national media pick it up. I mean, we're picking it up right now, and we have been picking it up for the past couple of weeks. We are the national media. If you just look are at we? <laughs> I don't know, man. Speak for yourself. If we, uh, <laughs> we'll let the audience decide that. If you yeah. just look at total bases, total bases, like you get one for a single, two for a double, three for a triple, four for a homer. Aaron Judge is 330 total bases. Goldie is second at 295. 
that's a big, big, big difference. You mentioned Judge is about 50 points clear of Goldschmidt in slugging percentage. How about OPS? Like those are the two guys in Major League Baseball with an OPS over 1,000. Judge is 50 points clear of Paul Goldschmidt in OPS. 1085 to 1035. That's incredible. Look at OPS Plus is why I think Judge is at 202. Um, and I think Goldie is at around 190, 189, which well, is a decent amount. Let's see. Aaron Judge, OPS plus 201. Fuck. That's before today where he hit two home runs. Paul Goldschmidt, 194. Yeah. WRC plus. Judge is around 199. Goldschmidt's around 190. WRC plus. You hit him on the head, 199 and 190. Damn. And in terms of F4, those are one and two. Judge is nearly two wins better. Let's talk about the, let's talk about this AL MVP. Okay. So Judge is minus 1200. Shohei Otani is plus 550. Then you go to Jose Ramirez at plus 10,000. Um, Jordan Alvarez at plus 25,000, Vlad Jr. at plus 25,000, along with Jose Altuve, Julio Rodriguez, and somehow Anthony Rizzo is also plus 25,000. Um, but when you get that deep, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. Um, Jordan Alvarez, like, we need to give him some credit, uh, but he is, you know, pretty much a DH, right? Like, Jordan, so far, he hasn't time, been as good of a hitter as judges, and he's a DH. He's just, he's not in this conversation. No, I mean, correct. Give him but like, credit he's got a 178 one the... WRC plus. Like, yes. we have to acknowledge that he's got a 178 WRC plus. That's actually very good. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> he's great. been extremely good, but he just hasn't been Aaron Judge level, and Judge plays really good defense and, and has been a really good base runner. And that's what I want to talk about with you. Aaron Judge is going to win the MVP. Whether you believe Shohei should win it, at this juncture of time, Aaron Judge is on the playoff team and Shohei's on a team that sucks. That's as simply as possible. And then you look at the type of season. But I think what people are looking at is not who will win the MVP, who should win the MVP. And it is between Aaron Judge and Shohei Otani. And I think you can make the argument for Shohei Otani because I don't think that war does Shohei Otani justice. Because as a DH, you don't get the same bump in war that you would obviously playing defense and and doing all this stuff. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, DH actually docks you more from your war totals. Yes. And of course, yeah. Jordan Alvarez, um, tell you right now, Jordan Alvarez has a 178 WRC plus in 457 plate appearances, and he's got a 4.9 war. Nolan Arenado, let's see, 4.9 war. I'll tell you who that's equivalent to. 4.9 war is equivalent to Tommy Edmond. It's just ahead of Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Jeff McNeil, and it is behind JT Real Muto. Like, I'm sorry, Jordan's been more valuable than those people. Correct. He has been. I mean, especially when you get him at the plate. But here's where I think everybody is just discounting these things. And they're giving Shohei the credit. What does everything so? Shohei's behind me. I love Shohei. He's probably my favorite player in baseball at this point. But nobody gives Judge enough credit for defensive base running. Because there's more aspects of baseball than hitting and pitching. While Shohei does both at an elite level, he could win the American League Cy Young. I'm not even putting that behind him. 
he could win the American League Cy Young with how good of a pitcher he's been. And he's been a 150-ish WRC Plus guy. So he's been, you know, if we're rating it on a WRC Plus scale, he's been about 50% worse than Aaron Judge has, but while still being 50% above league average. Otani's got a 143 WRC Plus. Okay, so around what I was saying. He's actually been a little bit worse than I was saying. Aaron Judge is the better... Yeah, Aaron Yanni Diaz. Also, we've been debating Aaron Judge versus Otani. Had I texted you, really, we should open the conversation up to Yanni Diaz, but that's for another time. Aaron Judge has been a much better hitter than Shohei has. He has been. He's having an historical type offensive season. He has been a much better defender than Shohei has. Reason being, Aaron Judge is one of the better right fielders in baseball, and Shohei Otani DHs. Aaron Judge is a much better base runner than Shohei Otani. So when we look at the four things you can do on a baseball field, you can hit, you can play defense, you can base run, and you can pitch. The only thing that Shohei does better than Aaron Judge is pitch. And I'm not trying to boil it down to just those four things, but when you look at F4, Aaron Judge is better. But again, war doesn't fully encapsulate the value that Shohei brings to the table. Because you could say that Shohei combines a... Who's got an 880 OPS right now? And who on the on the pitching mound has the type of stats that Shohei does? So because that's it, really it's 3.2 plus 4.4, and that is 7.6 by my calculations. Uh, a yes. 7.6 war guy would be second in baseball. But still a win and a tenth, 1.1 wins behind Aaron Judge. The problem is that war doesn't do Shohei enough justice. That's the problem with this conversation is that when we just say plain, plainly, Aaron Judge is the MVP because he has more war. You could say that and you're not wrong, but war doesn't do Shohei justice. So what? Do, how do we truly evaluate it? Well, you can use the other factors to your advantage. Whether people like this or not, he's on a better team. He's in the playoff race. I don't like to do that, but it is something that you could point to. And I think what not enough people are pointing to is that Judge is a better base runner and Judge plays a really good defensive outfield. If Judge was a bad base runner and only stole one base and he was a liability in right field, we're having a different discussion here, but he's not. He's an extremely well-rounded baseball player. So I still would give the edge to Aaron Judge. I still would, and I assume you would too. Yeah, uh, the way that I put it that I'm kind of standing pat by, I was on the morning after on Sports Grid with a friend, Ben Stevens, and um, he asked me like a month ago, I want to say, like six weeks or a month ago, um, what does Aaron Judge need to do to win the American League MVP? And I said he needs to put together a record-breaking season. He's got one more homer than Maris through 135 games. So if Judge, I don't even think he needs to break Maris's record. I think if Judge continues this, like if he gets to 60 and he misses Maris by one, I still think he wins the MVP. Because what he has done just in terms of like, yeah, home runs, okay, great. Um, home runs are only part of the equation. He's got a 400 OBP. Yeah. Like he is the best hitter in baseball. There is nobody better that we've seen since probably Miguel Cabrera's triple crown season than what Aaron judge is doing right now. 
he might steal 20 bases and rate as an above average fielder. Yeah, like he is so he leads far the Yankees away. And outfield assists. Yeah, he, he's so far and away the best player in baseball this year. It's not even close. Agreed. Shohei's um, up there, though. That's what's crazy. Shohei's up yeah. there, but like he's not judged. That's the thing. I can I can totally convincingly say and believe it with every ounce of my being that Aaron Judge has been a better player this year than Shohei Otani has been. I think another conversation is you start the season over and you have the same roster. Who would you rather have on your team? Shohei, because he does both. So then you can make the argument that Shohei is the most valuable player. That's why this is such a hard conversation because I'm not disagreeing with you. That's why this is so tough. You give, if I knew, all right, they're going to be on the same exact team. Like, for example, if you're the Yankees, would you have switched out Shohei this year for Judge if you could, knowing they'd have this exact year? No shots. No chance in hell would I do it. Shohei might be a Cy Young candidate, and he also got an 880 OPS. Okay. But I agree with you. I agree with you. It's I don't know. I literally don't know the answer, and that's why it's so tough. Here's what I'm going to say, and this this is my final point on this matter. Um, Sunday at the Trop, the Yankees win 2-1. How did the runs come? <gasps> judge. A judge solo homer from the leadoff spot to open the game. And he was plated on a sack fly from Oswaldo Cabrera after he doubled. How do the Angels win any of their games? But Judge is the <laughs> offense for a team that is five clear of Tampa in the American League East. That's the thing. It's been that's Judge the entire in. year. But I'm saying if you would put Otani and on the Yankees at the beginning of the year and you put Judge on the Angels, that's why the team thing isn't as important because if you put judge on the angels are the angels in the, in the playoff hunt, no, are the Yankees still where they are at? Probably. That's why it's so tough. That's why baseball, the team argument is dumb, but I don't think it's dumb. It's kind of dumb. I don't think it's dumb. It's only dumb in baseball because not one player can lead you to anything. We know that that's why it's dumb in baseball is because there is not one player who can win you games by himself. But that's, that's why Shohei Otani is incredible. The closest thing we've seen in years is Aaron Judge this year. Or Otani last year. Closest thing we've seen in years to a player winning games by himself is Aaron Judge. Yeah. I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. I think Judge is the MVP. I have him at plus 1,800. Otani I want more propaganda. Otani, when he's on the mound, like if, you know, he's hit, I think it's what, six games this year where he's hit a homer and a start. Like that's, I mean, that's unheard of. That's next (laughs) level. It's, it's crazy. But judge actually like wins games by himself without pitching. But that's the thing. If the pitchers, if Domingo Herman gave up five earned runs and Aaron judge had two home runs and they were two solo, they lose the game. So he couldn't. But it's because the Yankees had a good start on the mound that he was able to score all the runs that ended up winning the game. That's why you can't win a game by yourself. That's why the team argument doesn't really make sense to me. Because if you put Judge on the Angels and you put Otani on the Yankees, the Yankees are in first place and the Angels are in fourth. That's on Otani for signing a bad contract. Agreed. And I think we should dig him for some Yes. Dumbass. <laughs> Dumbass. So mean. Um, that's it for me. <laughs> that's it for me too. 
Guardians, you going to blow it? Uh, Cal, what was the deal with that? They got going again? What do you mean? Uh, that Guardians game that Quantrill started? Yeah, uh, both Kirby and Quantrill out of the three because there was a four-and-a-half-hour rain delay. Yeah. Like and there was just a battle of the bullpens. Went to the 11th inning. I felt so bad for their for the Guardians and the uh, Mariners. Like Seattle now has to fly back to Seattle after finishing at around 11 p.m. Eastern. Yeah. And then they have to go to Seattle, so they lose three hours. Or I don't know if it's three hours, but no, you gain they three play. Hours. You gain three hours, yes. Yeah, exactly. So, so it's good. That's a good thing. No, they don't gain three hours. They're playing at 3.40 p.m. Good. Eastern instead of 6.40. Let's think about this. <laughs> so you lose three hours by flying east, or you, you gain three hours by flying east to west. If you fly out of Cleveland at 8.40 a.m. and it's a four-hour flight, what time do you get in Pacific to Seattle? No, no, I understand what you're saying. No, I, I wasn't arguing that. I'm just saying... At 6.40 p.m. Eastern, they're playing at 3.40 p.m. Eastern. Or 3.40 p.m. Pacific time. Yesterday? Today. As we're as we're talking today. They play a game at 3.40 in Seattle. No, don't they play a game at 8.10 today? No, they play the White Sox in Seattle. Pretty sure at 3.40 p.m. Pacific time. Oh, at 3.40 Pacific, yeah, 6.40. That's what I'm saying. So they were playing on East Coast time around 11. Should we end the podcast? Yeah, my head's spinning right now. Get your Just Baseball merch. And with that, take care, everybody. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.